0: Yo, yo, welcome, welcome to the millennials podcast. My name is Meeks. You can find me at the young underscore pilgrim on Instagram. We're gonna be discussing everything that implicates young people today. So thanks for joining and we hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the millennials podcast. My name is Meeks, and I'll be your host today. You can find me at the young underscore pilgrim. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to govern your affairs. As Millennials in the next couple of years we are certainly going through a cataclysm of issues and these things will compound in the next few years so I thought it would be incumbent on me to speak on them and basically touch on a few points here that could be of use to you if this is your first time on this podcast welcome feel free to check out the other pods that we've had and so I want to talk about governing your affairs in the next couple of years touching upon the political situation the geographic situation the spiritual situation emotional, financial, and look at all these things critically so you can make an informed choice about how to govern your affairs. So let's begin with the political situation. We have two parties in the United States, and that has caused a problem because James Madison warned about factionalism during the writing of the U.S. Constitution and the Federalist Papers. He spoke about the fact that factionalism was an omen to our Constitution and system of democracy because it basically allowed for game theory to occur. In other words, the left would just basically push against the right and the right would do the same thing to the left. And this would cause a major division in the country, as opposed to his idea that there should be multiple voices in the political economy. And this is also the theory of J.S. Mill and many other political theorists. Nonetheless, we decided to go the democracy route, which is what Plato said was one step away from tyranny at its very end. And so here we are. We are practically a democracy far away from a republic, which is what the American people wanted and expected when Benjamin Franklin came out of the constitutional convention in Philadelphia. When asked by a woman, Mr. Franklin, what do you have for us? He said, a republic, if you can keep it. Be it as it may, we have not been able to keep it. We have a president that seems far removed from The workers' issues and the average person's problems. And in as much as he speaks to that cohort, the actions have not really followed. And then we have somebody else on the extreme right who basically wants to challenge the current incumbent president in the United States, but he's facing a bevy of indictments in multiple states. Nonetheless, it seems like he'll be able to overcome right before the election, causing a very divisive situation in 2024 in terms of winner-takes all, and thus the crumbling of the democracy, as we know it, and as Plato envisioned. So what is to be done here, to quote another well-known theorist, and I think the idea here is, from a political perspective, as millennials, we ought to kind of hedge our bets. In other words, step out and step away, and see who the best political person, in your view, supports your vision of the United States of America. And that could be looking at your local state representatives, or your local city representatives. Frankly, it looks like you can get more done at a city level than you probably can get done at the federal level. So I highly encourage young people to start thinking more locally and organizing within those spaces to change the trajectory of what's coming down the pike as a very divisive 2024 election season. So one of the things I recommend us to think about is supporting progressives and people who have a mind that represents the views, the general views of the people, without necessarily catering to the extreme left or the extreme right, which seems to be the problem right now. We have social issues that are highly controversial, that have pushed folks to the extreme right, because if you're allowing certain curriculum to be exploitative for youth and young adults, parents are going to push back on that. They want to trust that when they drop their kids off in school, they're not being taught Sexually explicit content at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten, so that's the issue. Socially, these issues are going to compound and will really cause folks to go to the right extreme right, unfortunately. so my guess is that the right is going to rise up, and once they get back into power, it's going to be very hard for them to give it up, and thereabout comes the problem in the democracy system. So again, just cautioning young people. And advising them to maybe think about organizing at a local level on specific particular issues and really securing themselves in that particular way now moving on to the economy and the financial system so interest rates are skyrocketing here and we can see a problem coming up in the next few years that is untenable in other words folks are not selling their homes because they wouldn't be able to buy other homes at the almost zero percent interest rates that we had a couple of years ago, so at seven, six, seven, eight percent interest rates for home ownership, we have a huge problem. And given that, hopefully, this time we don't have subprime mortgages that were kind of sold, we have to deal with the commercial side of the mortgage system because these guys bought mortgages and MAs at floating interest rates, and those interest rates have skyrocketed from what they bought them from. And therefore, their investments are defunct. So what does that mean? It means that the regional banks, which is the small banks that loaned out this money primarily to investors, are going to have a really difficult time when these investors basically dump their investments because it makes no sense to try and reinvest in mortgages that have such high interest rates. And so these regional banks who've basically collateralized those securities and sold them all over the place as derivatives are going to start seeing serious losses and given that 3 out of 4 of these mortgages and loans to the commercial industry housing industry are from regional banks we will probably see a systemic kind of breakdown of the financial system and given that we should expect that things would trickle down into the general economy probably towards the end of 2024 into 25 into 25 for sure but it could even happen sooner than that, towards the end of 2023. So would not be surprised if there was an October surprise and the market started faltering. So in terms of thinking about how to invest as young people, I think we should consider a truly diversified bank of options. Right. So one thing you can think about doing is going the crypto route. There's a lot of skepticism in terms of should I buy Bitcoin, Ethereum and all these other stable coins? And my answer for you is if you can afford it, if you can afford to kind of put some of your money away in the stable coins, I think it's worth your while just because the fiat money system is highly volatile and there's no guarantee that you'll get your investment back when the market kind of goes up and down during this reset, which would probably happen in the next couple of months, definitely within the next year or so. So maybe diversifying and getting some crypto coins might be useful. As a hedge, um, I would also consider thinking about getting some silver and gold coins as an intermediate kind of medium of exchange. When we're going through the reset, you know, you might want to do some trading with your gold coins or your silver coins. Um, Some speculators and investors have thought that it might be prudent to have a large amount of gold and just keep it until the reset is complete. I'm not necessarily sold by that way of thinking, but it's worth considering as well given the crisis that we're foreseeing here will be deep and long. So in terms of thinking about diversification, young people should think about where to park their money, or rather, what investments to kind of put their money in that could have some type of return on investment, or at the very least, just kind of be a store of value. In other words, if you can take your money from your 401k, maybe borrow against it, therefore you don't kind of have to pay a tax, And if that's not feasible, just take your 401k money out, or at least a portion of it, pay the tax, and basically invest in something more tangible. Get a piece of land, a piece of property, a home in the country or something like that, and park your money there. I think that might be some some smart way of thinking about how to diversify, because treasuries and bonds are not safe. For one, your money is just on the screen that you look at your statement every month. You know what I mean? At some point, you might not be able to actually get that money if you needed to. So you want to be as liquid as possible because we saw this happening in Greece and other places. The other thing you have to be cognizant about is inflation, which is wiping away the value of your money as you look at it in your 401k. So it might say a million dollars, but if inflation is out of control over 10% because they are not really looking at the core inflation, then your your money is being decimated. Because if you're making even, let's say, a 7% return on your 401k or your ETFs or whatever it is, Uh, you're still losing so at some point you just have to wake up and make the tough choice take the hit on the tax and think about where else you can park your money i recommend that you kind of park it in something more tangible maybe a business buy a business if you can and basically you'll have cash flow and your business will be there if it's essential i might even be bailed out if it's a liquor store but if it's essential it will live through the economy the downturn of the economy so that might be an additional way you can diversify your your cash. The other way, it goes into my third point here about how to govern your affairs in the next couple of years, and that entails geography. So the world is open at this point. I'm not even sure why we have borders at this point. One can basically choose, especially Americans but with their passport, which is really powerful and useful, can basically pick up and move to the other side of the world. And if you're getting money, say, from your business, which you took some of your 401k money and actually invested in, so you're getting cash flow every month, You have some workers doing it for you in the States or whatever. Maybe it's online, digital. So you can basically move to another part of the world and live very comfortably, at least for now until the crisis really hits. Um, But the US dollar has crushed tons of countries in terms of the value of their own money and made it really difficult for the people in third world countries. I know for a fact in Kenya, the value of the US dollar has just kind of killed the Kenya shilling. So even three years ago, one US dollar was about hundred and Five Kenyan shillings. Now it's close to one fifty. So in a sense, this could work to the advantage of the average American who moved to a different country, could be in Africa. I like Tanzania. I like Botswana. I like the smaller countries that maybe Americans are not too fond of or not too familiar with, to kind of see if you can get a plot and have a second home of that sort of thing. Europe is not bad, but Europe Western Europe is definitely going through the same thing. So I wouldn't recommend trying to move over to Europe. And places like Portugal have ended their golden visa program. So there might be a few opportunities in Europe, but uh, generally, the West is is not the best place to kind of hedge. If you're going to leave West, the West in terms of America, you might as well leave the entire West. Look into Asia. Places like Malaysia, for example, might be a good second home option. Um, so these are some of the ideas that I think would be useful for one to think about investing in a different place. Now, if you're like most Americans, and you basically don't have the option to move out of the country, then certainly look into states, if not rural areas, that you can move to. So, for example, if I had an option, I would think about some of these smaller states like New Hampshire, Florida, where there's no tax or very little um, income tax. I think from a tax savings perspective, you want to look at all the states with hardly any tax. I think Texas is also one of those. Um, But besides the tax thing, just look at places that have a better quality of life and are less vulnerable to issues such as climate issues and, and weather conditions that are adverse to living there. And that's hard to, to tell. But the studies that show some places are less vulnerable. Certainly, California is, is not the ideal place to be in. And, and you should be expecting some kind of event happening there, whether it's contrived or natural is a whole nother story, which I'll probably have a show about. So thinking about where to move smart, smart moves might be prudent for those who cannot leave the country or at least get a second passport or get a second home somewhere else and america is pretty big so you know tennessee the word is out on tennessee so maybe finding places within a place like tennessee that's quiet quieter um chattanooga for example might be a good place so being very creative about where you can get affordable land and also affordable properties and see if that might be the place that you kind of build your, your final stand to to use a term that uh, other folks have used in this in this topic. So geographic planning is really important in the next couple of years. Next, I think I want to talk about basically your spiritual planning. So this is an aspect that maybe not too many people talk about for one reason or another, but you have to have a spiritual plan. In other words, when you're going through a difficult period, what do you have to fall back on? Um, you know, the divorce rate in the United States is pretty high. So often you find people are getting out of a bad situation relationship-wise. And so what do they have to fall back on really emotionally uh, and spiritually? And I think here it might be useful for folks to build some tough skin in terms of being able to find some kind of solace in religion. And I'm biased. I'm probably just going to speak about Christianity, which is what I understand and know and have found value in. I think if you think about perhaps reaching out to folks who have a deep spiritual connection and are living life with relative peace because they have an understanding of who God is and have a good perspective about life. And the idea that regardless of what happens that you are secure and saved is a really good place to be in emotionally and spiritually. So I would encourage young people to start really going back to the roots of what do I believe and why do I believe what I believe? And if that belief system doesn't do anything for me, What should I consider believing? And I've found for me that Christianity has been a saving grace when I've gone through difficulties and I've always been able to kind of go back to my roots and and thank God for giving me the space to be alive. Number one, I mean, people say it's luck, but it's providence. If you ask me that we're here. And so we just pay homage to the creator for giving us the chance to be here. It's highly unlikely that we are here at this point in earth's history so it's it's really a blessing and we should be humble about being able to be here at this time and and use that time wisely in terms of doing what we can to better our communities our families and that sort of thing and so you're going to have to kind of develop thick skin as well as faith in terms of being able to go through these difficult periods and i think building a relationship with god in my view with jesus christ is, is really the way to go with what we're about to kind of face here because think about it if you get wiped out Often people just kind of just let go and, and you know they'll just let go totally just give their lives up and and we see this in countries that don't necessarily have a Christian purview. Now, I should caution that Christianity has been perverted in many ways in this country and I think that's the fear of most millennials in regard to picking up Christianity. There's just so many modalities of Christianity that are just not Christian. And you know, you see this in the prosperity gospel, you see this with Christian rappers and you know, all these different groups, Bethel music, and all these guys who are supposed to be, you know, noble people in our community. And it turns out that they really disappoint us. And with all these bishops and the scandals, which just never end. So I totally understand where people would be skeptical. I would just encourage millennials, nonetheless, to take a more personalized look at Christianity and see what God can do for them in the long run. And I think they'll find some kind of solace in that. Because after all, you know, material things are here for now, but they are certainly not gonna be here forever. So might as well have a backup plan and a good backup plan. So that's my thoughts in regard to spiritual development, emotional toughness in the next couple of years. And so to wrap this conversation, I just want us to be more critical about thinking about the future. We have to be sure about how we want to govern our lives and have a game plan. And once we develop a game plan, I think we're in good shape. And we'll be able to really advance ourselves politically, spiritually, geographically, emotionally, financially. So I hope this is useful. Please feel free to leave your comments and I'd be happy to respond to them. And if you have any thoughts about this conversation or the other podcast, which I invite you to watch, please send us an email or join the conversation in the chat. Thank you again. And I'll catch you on the next one. Take care. Yo, yo, welcome. Welcome to the millennials podcast. My name is Meeks. You can find me at the young underscore pilgrim on Instagram. We're going to be discussing everything that implicates young people today. So thanks for joining and we hope that you enjoy.